everybody. Welcome back to another edition of our Southridge member podcast, what we call Finding Our Way. Uh, I am joined here today by our, we call him action pastor, uh, Nathan Dirks. Nate, say hi to everybody. How's it going? Uh, because not all of us will know who you are, can you just orient us to your story, your background, your family configuration, how all that works in your world? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I originally, uh, grew up in Toronto, but, uh, my family backgrounds from here, Niagara on the Lake and, um, spent, uh, spent a couple years out in, in Southern Africa and Botswana as a kid with my family doing missions work out there. And, uh, right now living in St. Catharines, we've got two kids and, uh, we actually just had our second child a couple days ago, a boy named Isaiah and our firstborn is Malachi and my wife is Taryn. And uh, yeah, spent a couple years at Southridge a few years ago, and now I'm right back in it and, and loving it. Yeah, this is a uh, two-time staffer because you did a stint uh, working in our shelter originally, and having grown up as a missionary kid uh, in Africa, you had some familiarity there, and then you and your wife felt called to go and be missionaries there yourselves, and so you did, uh, how long have we run there? Five years? We did five years, Five yeah. years in uh, in Botswana. Talk a little bit just about what you did there. That, that We'll be curious to know about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for it's... For ourselves, I mean, we've, we've kind of got a long history of family in, in Africa with my, my grandparents spent 30 years out in the Congo, Zaire at the time. And then my, so my dad grew up there and felt called back to, to go back when, uh, when he was in his 40s, when, when we were kids, so spent some years in Botswana. And so then a, a few years ago, when Taryn and I were, were first married, we had some connections there with, with that same mission organization who, uh, who's been a part of our family for a few generations. And they asked us if we'd be willing to go out to Botswana. I was actually, I was actually on, on a shift at the shelter. And, um, we'd been talking back and forth a little bit and we'd been thinking about going to Ethiopia and there was with, through them. And they called me in the middle of a, a shift and it was crazy. And they just said, Hey, you're on speakerphone right now. We're just calling from the Congo, but we just need an answer. Just, just yes or no. Would you be willing to go to Botswana? You're not committing to anything, but just, do you have an openness to that? I said, yes, I, I have to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so it sort of started like that and it kind of went from there and we ended up uh, back in Botswana. And so we spent five years there and, and basically what we're doing is the the history there has been that uh, in the 60s, the, the church, um, there were local churches that were founded right there in Botswana and they had um, been in touch with, with Mennonites um, who had been digging wells and just helping to support them in that way. And they said, could you send some more folks to do Bible teaching with our churches? We don't have a larger denomination to kind of help us with the shape of our church, with our theology. And we just would love to just work together and to do that. And there's been folks coming from the Mennonite church in Canada and the States ever since. So we went out there, we got a chance to do Bible teaching, especially with young leaders in the churches, young pastors. The youth age there is is like 18 to 45. <laughs> so we had some of our youth were like 10 years older than us. And But we... Uh, we well, yeah, I'm so almost we, youth is what you're You're a youth. Me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're totally a youth. Yeah. You could be one of my youth. And so we got to have some, some years doing that. And um, at the same time, we were also working in the community with the folks that we were serving with in the church. So, we're, so the... The outpouring of sort of that, the the studying of scripture together was work in uh, a local prison. So we were doing that, just working with guys, doing vocational training, um, being community with the guys in the prison and just really getting to know them over the five years, uh, as well as we got to found a um, an NGO. So we were doing um, sports and community development, um, sort of sustainable, uh, eco-friendly construction with that. And so there's a lot of things we got to do that were, was all surrounding the local church in Botswana. Super cool. And I, I wanted our members to be familiar with this, especially if you don't know you, Nate, um, just so we can understand how much this missionary kid turned 
you know, homeless shelter employee here in our church that went back into a, a global mission uh, role for, for a, a five-year run. All of what you're bringing to the table in this role as action pastor. Um, with that, give us a bit of a description on what the action pastor does here at Southridge. What are you responsible to oversee? I feel like that's the question. If you're like, what the heck is an action pastor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the move. I'm active. I have a number yeah. of friends on Facebook when I got the job. I was like, congratulations. What's an action pastor? Well, so in our in my role as a, as action pastor, what it basically implies is the in the departmental um, sort of breakup that we have here in the church and just sort of the makeup of um, our, our different departments. The as we do our outreach, we've we've called that our action department, of course, and that just involves. Um, across all three of our locations, the, the work that we're involved in and being community and reaching out to the community and fostering community together. And um, as that is the what we call our action, the being able to head that role up is makes me the action pastor of right. that. So in so, the world in the world of fostering a lifestyle of full devotion and inspiration, connection and action is our vernacular around here. You oversee the action umbrella, which includes our local and global anchor causes, correct? So that's basically your purview, probably with the exception of the shelter, which we're going to hear more about next week and next week's podcast. Um, Because of its immensity and scale, we have a shelter director of that that you kind of work in partnership with Mm. uh, more than being directly responsible for the shelter in addition to all these other uh, anchor causes as well. Absolutely. and so in that, uh, overseeing these different local and global anchor causes, uh, your family hangs out uh, specifically in Vineland, part of our Vineland location. And uh, so one of your primary areas of focus is that anchor cause. And that's really the bulk of what we want to camp out here today because we're doing a three-week run in these podcasts of just learning about the missional engagement of our church community in each of our locations. So last week we heard from Mike Minema talking about all the cool stuff that's going on in Welland. Next week we're going to have a conversation with Annie and hear about the uh, the shelter in St. Catharines, especially as we get ready to celebrate the 14th year uh, anniversary of that. So uh, today we want to focus a little bit on, on uh, Vineland specifically. And so can you describe for us, just to introduce it to all of us, what the anchor cause in Vineland is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In a nutshell, the anchor cause in Vineland is um, the opportunity to create community among what's a large migrant worker community in the area. Obviously, being an agricultural belt as we are here in Niagara, um, there's just a lot of farms, and we have a lot of folks who come in from from different countries and who spend some months, up to up to eight months, are allowed um, spending time on the farm, working for the farmers there. And we just realized that there's such a large group. I mean, within Ontario, there's about twenty thousand migrant workers. And they, this is a, a group of people who, um, who are coming in here just, they're massive for, for the shape of our community, for, for um, the economy around here, for, for even just the culture, whether we realize it or not. And um, in a lot of ways also, we, we recognize that a lot of our friends there are, are overlooked. Um, some ways even seen as, I don't know, I don't know nuisance but sometimes you know folks would be like oh you know there's a there's a lineup of guys at the bank it's friday so i don't want to go there kind of thing and so recognizing that there's a, a group of of people from outside of our country who are here spending significant periods of their life some up to eight months a year some guys have been doing this for 40 years um as a as a church community we just realized we want to be community for these guys we want to be able to say you don't just deserve to have a loving home community for four months of the year when you're back in the country you were born in when you're, when you're here, we want you to feel at home. We want you to feel welcome and loved and that you have wraparound support. 
And that's the basis of what we're doing in Vineland. Yeah, this is part of what I wanted to tap into, like to, to just describe for us in a little bit more detail, Nate, that the actual need, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a seasonal farm worker, you know, moves here from the Caribbean, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, somewhere like that. And, you know, they're working away, you know, presumably, are they having a good time or are they struggling or what, what is, what, what's the need that we're ultimately trying to meet? You're talking about things like dignity awareness, you know, avoidance maybe from uh, the, the local society. Uh, can you describe that in more detail, what, what need we're actually trying to meet and serve? Well, one of the interesting things about that is that very question that we often have trouble putting ourselves in, in another person's shoes in that way because we see the guys around here and we don't often like recognize what is it actually that they are going through? Yeah, what are the needs that they would have in yeah. being here? And I think that's that's been a problem that, they, that they're overlooked in that way. This a lot of the specific things that the guys would be going through is actually surrounding, I mean, you try to, to picture yourself without the support that you have in regards to family, in regards to the political rights that we have here in Canada, in regards to everything that we have inherent to us in the space that we're from. A lot of those things are missing for the guys. So in regards to um, their actual rights, uh, the guys don't actually have, they, they have a certain level of health care, but they don't have the, the same level of health care that we have. And also, when they do access that healthcare, it's a little bit different for them because they would find themselves in a space where, um, when they their their kind of position here is a little bit tenuous. It's a very desirable job to be coming across. Guys are are wanting to to be able to come out, um, and so there's a bit of a, of a waiting list for that. But when so when you get here and you have a position, you want to hold on to it. If you go and access healthcare here, it kind of shows the weakness. It shows a vulnerability that, you know, I don't know if this guy is able to pull his weight and he's kind of accessing some of these services. So a lot of the guys will be out here with, first of all, not the full levels of health care that we have, but also not really wanting to access that because that's, that might put them at their job in a precarious position. And that's one of the things that we want, that we deal with in Vineland and why we've set up the medical clinic to be able to say, this is a confidential clinic. So whatever any healthcare needs you have, even if you have coverage for it, but you're scared to access it, this one you're not scared to access because it's confidential and you can come out. Um, and also there's more um, there's more coverage in some areas as well. Good, good. Um, when it comes to sort of loneliness, it's it may not seem like a huge thing, but you think about what it would be like to be living in a country far from your own, away from your family for more than half of your year, and without being able to have all that sort of familiarity and relationality and just everything that you have in regards to being together with your family and your home community, if there aren't people like ourselves in our community reaching out to the guys, um, a lot of the guys are, are quite isolated physically as well. I mean, even logistically in regards to transportation, getting around, being able to pick up groceries, being able to get to, you know, you need to go a little bit further than you can walk or bike. That can be really tricky when you don't have that community around you. Um, when it comes to actually even just being able to enjoy life here, you want to be able to, to, to be working hard and supporting their families, but they want to be able to enjoy their lives around Experience here. Experience Niagara. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. had guys here again, who've been here for over 30 years and who had never been to like Niagara Falls. People come from all over the world to see Niagara Falls. These guys have been living here for decades. A lot of them have never even seen it. It's, you know, 20 minutes down the road. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, that's a bit of what the guys would be going through. And for us to be able to sort of reach out and make the guys feel at home is just huge for us that's as a community. Great. Yeah, I appreciate that description. Um, at a practical level, can you talk about how the, the, the basic kind of program or model of the anchor cause in Vineland works? Mm-hmm. We have seasonal farm workers working at various farms. How are we building these relationships and and uh, serving you know needs like loneliness and and we'll get into you know some of the other things that we do as well. But what's the what? How does a core program work? 
this is oversimplifying it a little bit, but we kind of break it down in four ways. Um, we would describe it as um, that we that we do events with the guys. So, for example, on Father's Day, we we always do bowling. A lot of these guys are fathers, and that's obviously a moment where you're missing being with your family. So we'll do a bowling night. We'll just appreciate the guys as fathers, and we'll just have a good time together. And we have events throughout the summer that that make sense with their schedule and that work for us as a community to be able to just enjoy that and have some some rhythms there. Um, we would find ourselves doing spiritual support. So there's um, church services and also the opportunity to be visiting with the guys um, on the farms. You know, Sometimes when guys will be going through things, maybe a, a relative has passed away or a friend back home and obviously need to have, whether it's just sort of a, a bit of grief counseling or somebody just listening to them or just, just the community, again, coming around you to, to be there and pray for you. Um, we're able to to be there and help to be the, um, to connect with the guys in that way and provide that kind of spiritual support. Um, we touched on this already, but we talk about the medical support that we provide. We it's, it's physically in our basement, in our Southridge Vineland location that we have this medical clinic set up, and we have um, doctors and and RNs and other medical professionals and our volunteers who come in here and provide this clinic for eleven um, sessions throughout the summer every other week. And so we do that medical support so that the guys can come on in and it's free and it's, it's great as well. And um, the key to all of this as well is, is the fourth, which is our farm visitation. And so what we do is we actually, um, as life groups and sometimes just as other groups of folks within our community, we were divided up and we go to visit each one of the farms that we're connected with. At the moment, we have about 300 guys that we connect with in this way. Uh, where we divide ourselves up and we're each connected with a different farm. So some farms will be like maybe three to five guys. Some some farms um, will be 40 guys. But we make sure that we have personal connections so that everybody has that consistency. And we, we go out there and th- those are the guys that we most specifically visit with. Drop in at lunch hour, you know, maybe bring a bucket of KFC or just drop in after work with your kids just to say, hey, and be able to, to kick a ball around for a few minutes and really just be family for a specific group of guys within the larger group. And this farm visitation, we think, is really kind of the, the this playground for the opportunity to just grow in relationship. And you kind of see the results of that, you know, as we you know, you connect on WhatsApp. And even even right now in the winter months, you have folks who are just like, oh, yeah, I was just I was just talking to our friends from Jamaica just over the weekend. And they're showing me pictures of what's and they love seeing the snow and they're asking how the kids are doing. And folks who have gone back and forth and visited and you start to create not only us generally as a community and them generally as a community sort of connecting, but very specifically individual friendships being formed. Um, and the rest of the supports that happen around that obviously become like a lot of fun when you know people that specifically doing events together, making sure guys are being taken care of medically and all of that. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's the key to, to all of this. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great picture. Again, our, our anchor causes each have core programs and those core programs, we often use the language of, they serve as playgrounds for relationship. I would say that the core program in Vineland is this adopt a farm initiative through primarily our life group infrastructure where we get groups and people who who will adopt different farms and different groups of guys that that kind of forms the backbone for everything else that you're that you're talking about and creates the playground for these relationships to spawn and uh and so you know when you talk about the core need of just isolation and loneliness you know number one you're you're addressing that just by providing each of these guys a friend and family while they're away from their at home family uh, so that they can, they can have a bit of a home away from home here uh, through our church community. From that, though, and you've tapped into this already, um, you know, from the backbone of this Adopt-A-Farm program, now there's a whole bunch of other spin-off stuff. Um, 
talk, for example, about the events that we host throughout the summer at our Vineland location, just to have a bit of fun together and to cultivate friendship beyond just farm and life group, but as a whole extended community. Yeah, when it comes to our specific events, we kind of change and adapt that season by season. But this year, um, we always like to have, you know, one big event to kind of kick off the year. And the guys kind of drift in at different times, but uh, the majority of the guys are in about before the end of April. And so towards the end of April, and this year, I think it's the Seventh is the Saturday. We have basically our welcome event, and we just do, we just have a bash. So we just get some good music, some good live music. We get great food. We all just get together, and we get a chance to to share a little bit, to welcome all the guys back, and to say, hey, you know, I mean, obviously with the awareness, like a lot of the guys have just left their families and won't be seeing their wives and their kids and everybody for another eight months, and it's you know that's that's not that's gonna, not all good news. That's not going to yeah. be a great moment. Yeah. Um, but we want to be able to be there and saying, but you know what? Also, we we love you guys and we appreciate you. And we are your, we're your family here as well. And just let's celebrate that, uh, that, we, that we really appreciate who you are in this community and in our lives as well. So the welcome event is a great way to just sort of kickstart that. And we just have a good time together. And just being able to see everybody just hugging and just being able to be, to be yeah, for the guys to be welcomed back is just great. We, again, we do things like our bowling night, which is huge. We'll rent out the whole bowling alley. And the guys are, I mean, I, I think that this seems to be culturally true across all of our the countries that the guys are from which we haven't touched on but it'd be like jamaica uh trinidad saint vincent grenada and um barbados like the guys are from a, a number of places throughout the caribbean they're very competitive they really love it so so bowling they had never a lot of the guys had never bowled before and you know you go in there and now they bowl like once a year <laughs> these guys are really good and so have just really fun competitive just everything kind of think of the world that. series of bowling absolutely yeah, we got yeah. the trophy we do the whole yeah. thing and, and the guys are serious about it. their scores are better than ours and so we'll do something like that in the summer we'll also we'll get together and we'll do um we'll do cricket nights you know cricket being a huge sport for the guys back home and we we set that up and have some fun playing cricket and have some barbecues together um, we go together to do um, to to get to Niagara Falls at some point throughout the year and and try to to have different experiences there. Do there's there's just the a dominoes variety. tournaments. I know you we speak do. about competitive. <laughs> Those are insane. <laughs> the dominoes tournaments get crazy. That's that's huge back home. And the guys just absolutely they love it when we compete against the guys. Like Lincoln versus Niagara is like the thing. And so, like last year, unfortunately, we weren't able to get the the two sides together. But this year, we're working hard to make it happen because the guys just love it and just slamming those dom- dominoes down and just really getting into it. This is not like a quiet little like Canadian card game kind of thing going on. <laughs> this is this is very different. And the cool thing is when you when you uh, wanted you to list sort of that laundry list to give our our members a broader picture of what happens socially because with the backbone of this adopt a farm program, it can drive the connections to these large larger social events that every couple of weeks over the course of the spring and summer and even into the fall, there are these larger celebrations for the extended community to really enjoy one another and connect as a, as a larger group. And like you said, cricket and dominoes and bowling and live music and all these different uh, kind of festivities create a, a more recreational and enjoyable social environment for these guys who are working hard really all all summer that and and this is I'm kind of doing it in more in chronological order because this is how the ministry grew at first was you know you had this adopt a farm program that then spun off to these social activities that then awakened the opportunity to use our building to serve a medical need and so talk a little bit more. We, we did renovate two of the rooms in the basement of our Vineland location. And we offer during these Sunday evening activities, 
full service medical treatment that they can access so that they don't have to access the healthcare system during work hours. That's right. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty remarkable. Just having, it's one of those things where you wouldn't necessarily see that need until you're in relationship, right? And so having grown in relationship with the guys and realized, well, yeah, okay, they have medical coverage, but, but there's still a, a need for medical care. And um, being able to have identified that need and then, yeah, renovate the, the rooms and, and it just keeps growing how many rooms we need downstairs, which is great, just being able to, to provide more, um, has just been a great opportunity for us to be able to say, yeah, we, we really see this tangibly as a way to bless our guys and to make sure that we're, um, that we're providing for them. So the medical clinic is fantastic. We have volunteers from our location who work together with, um, with a local or a organization called Quest Community Care. And Quest Community Care is are the medical professionals behind this and they they do that that medical care and so we're able to have that infrastructure right there and then our on our side we're able to just organize logistically where we have some of our volunteers um where we have Rachel helps to just organize the the folks who are coming in and what the schedule looks like and just making sure that it that it works and then we have volunteers from within our community who both serve as doctors and nurses and who volunteer to to get the guys registered and are just a part of the entire process where our community is right there in every part of it um, so that the guys just have that consistent medical care. They know that they can come in every other Sunday night, that they can drop in, that it's going to be free, that it's going to be confidential. A lot of the guys, I mean, the, the severity of this is, I mean, when when your livelihood is this is the job that you need to have and potentially by exposing what medical conditions you have, that could jeopardize the future of your job, which you want to have for years and decades. That really, a lot of the guys, I mean, some of the things that guys would have been experiencing would have been I mean, folks who are diabetic and would be in danger of losing their, their feet, but not willing to go and get that checked up because they just know that that's going to get them in trouble and they're not going to be like, so guys, like, so they're, they're kind of juggling that balance right there, right? And so this gives the opportunity to, to not let it get that far. You know, we have folks who are just doing, who are going out to the farms, also from our, from our community as well, who would go out to the farms and do wound care and would be telling the guys how to be taking care of their feet and making sure that it's not getting to that. And when things do get a little further, they're, they're able to come to the clinic itself. And throughout the summer, that just continues. And we just definitely, the guys ex- express their appreciation for all the time, uh, for it all the time. We see, we see it in the numbers, the, the amount of guys that come out. There's, there's hundreds of, um, sessions or treatment, you know, that, that happened throughout the summer. And it's just a huge need. And we're just really, we're just really blessed to be able to be a part of it. And our drivers were able to drive guys in to make sure that they can actually get there. Um, we have folks who say, you know, some of the guys are coming in, but then they're needing to wait for their driver because other guys are there. So we have other people in our community who are upstairs and they're, they're setting up drinks and just giving them a relaxed environment so that they can be there and have a good space as well. It's just there's just all these great opportunities to make the guys feel welcome yeah, surrounding so the clinic cool as well. To see the way that this has blossomed from originally just adopt a farm relationships that spun off into all of these social activities that now have in turn spun off into really creative, uh, effective ways of meeting very practical needs that uh, our workers have in our, our Vineland Anchor cause. Nate, even beyond that, I've seen now in recent years, people get even more creative and kind of you know look even beyond that. I, I think about the bike repair. Talk mm. about that as a as a ministry that a, cu- uh, a couple guys just kind of jumped on and yeah. and uh, has become massive out there. Yeah, absolutely. Again, trying to trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and saying, okay, if I you know if I was here, like, what are some of the the obstacles to me being able to to be free in in the space that I'm living for a long time? And part of that is transportation. And so a lot of our guys are going to be going around by bike, and so you just you see them coming and going. And to be able to go around by bike, you need to have a functional bike. 
So uh, among the things that we've been able to do over the years have been to help guys to source bikes. You know, where do you where do you get a used bike if you're if you're looking for a used bike to be able to um, to get around? And how do I maintain that bike? And how can I make sure that that bike is functioning well? And so we've had folks over the years be able to to step in who have who are passionate about biking and who have their own interests and their own gear to to be able to repair bikes to go around who would go around to the farms and be able to connect with the guys and to help to repair bring the repair kits there and make sure that the guys' bikes are functioning well. We've had um, the opportunities to um, to buy new bikes and be able to give them to the guys at a really good price, so that they can, so that there's always an influx of, of of more bikes coming into the community. And what the guys like to do as well is, they will often take such good care of their bikes throughout the summer that they'll be able to bring them home at the end of the year. And then when they come in again the next year, we're able to get cheap bikes and they get a new bike every year. And they're bringing nice bikes back to their community, so their 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 families are getting nicer and nicer bikes back home as well. At the end of every year, they put a, a big crate together and they they ship stuff. So. How, how many bikes have we served these guys with? Do you think over the over the last number of years? We do probably about sixty a year. So sixty a year times like I don't know what. Yeah, probably, like these are just little years, spinoffs. You know, like, <laughs> I'm trying to get our members to appreciate that these are little spinoffs of individual creativity where people are entering into someone else's world, seeing need, responding, and really doing some some amazing things. Another one I want yeah. you to talk about a little bit is the relationship that we established a few years ago with some of the farmers who offered to supply us some fruit for another little creative thing that we refer to as the Jam Company. <laughs> We're going to do a podcast with Brendan Nicholson uh, in May, early May on this. So uh, I don't want you to steal too much of his thunder. But again, as a cool example of what God's doing in Vineland, uh, talk about the relationship with the farm workers and how that's driven the Jam Co. Absolutely. Yeah, nobody can steal Brendan's thunder. So that's that's not going to be a problem. But absolutely, that's one of those cool things where you kind of see a neat way that, that I mean, God sees the picture holistically. And sometimes we get to see glimpses of, of that as well, where the way things come together. And one of the neat things is is absolutely the fact that these guys are such a huge part. Uh, our Caribbean friends are a huge part of, of what's going on here locally with the fruit and being able to, to grow those relationships with the farmers. We have a lot of farmers in our own church community as well. Um, and the the fruit that that comes out of that is something that we've been able to segue into the the conversation saying well what are other ways that we can creatively meet needs in our community and as we started to recognize well with a lot of our friends um, who are coming out of homelessness and who have come through our shelter and now are could really use some structure and continue to use some support moving forward what would be a good way to support them and what would be something that we could do to help with job training and help to, to just really provide that together? And, and some of the ways that that came together was we recognized, yeah, we've got access to fruit and a lot of which we're able to get free or a really good rate from, from our local farmers that we're connected with. And we came up with the Southridge Jam Co. to be able to sort of to, to say, well, let's do this in such a way where we're able to access this fruit. And that's a, that's a blessing because of the relationships we have. And then let's also work together to create this business to be able to create an opportunity for our folks to be learning skills, to be able to be in community together, having a good time, um, not only building up their resumes potentially for some, but also just giving just a great social experience, um, different kind of interactions together. And ultimately our, our goal, our, one of our ultimate goals is also that we'd be able to financially help to pay back into the shelter as well. And so somehow through the, the connection between, you know, shelter in St. Catharines to our, our location in Vineland and the fruit and our folks and just everything is kind of swirls around to make uh, a pretty cool opportunity for both growing community, um, serving more of the needs in our community, and also having a few of those different communities that we're serving with 
be merged together in that way. So cool. So cool. And, and, you know, as we spend these three weeks in our podcast, just uh, orienting ourselves to what God is up to in these missional ways at each of our locations, uh, appreciate that they're, they're not just independently distinct, that God is doing amazing things in each of these locations, but also weaving together what he's doing into cool expressions like the Jamco. And uh, like I said, we'll talk about that more in March, I, I, or in May rather, I don't want to steal Brendan's thunder. Um, well, one question that, that I think people might be curious in, Nate, uh, is, is particularly with the Vineland Anchor Cause, because it's seasonal, does that mean if I'm part of the Vineland location and I'm engaging in it, that I can only sort of live out that aspect of my faith seasonally? How, how, what, what does what does year-round kind of uh, activity or development or growth look like for me if I'm part of Vineland? Absolutely. Well, you mentioned earlier, and we've been talking a little bit about just being able to, to see the needs and and. I think that that's something that doesn't just stop. That's not something that we that you just sort of you know when it's when there's somebody in front of you, then you're you're going to try to respond there. But we want to be proactive with that as well. So again, yeah, our guys would would come in April. A lot of them would be our guys will be gone by November. But yeah, we have those months where where the guys are back home and they're not directly in front of us. They're not right in our space. But we definitely want to be able to use that to the best um, of our abilities to be able to to meet the needs moving forward. Some of the things happen are are just inherent to the programs and things that are already happening. Where we're making sure that we're we're preparing for the year ahead. We're realizing that we need more help with the driving, and so we'll be um, through our friend Karen. She'll be helping to to say, okay, how can we connect more with guys to 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 make sure we're doing that well? How can we make sure that that we're we're prepared for the the season ahead for um, with Quest and with our medical support? So there's various folks doing some of those kind of things. Um, part so there of it, is, there is an administrative reload. That, that people have to appreciate. So there's there's work yeah. in the quote unquote off season. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, there's there's some there's some not so glamorous stuff to it all, which we really appreciate the hard work that people in our community put in to make sure that we're there and that when when our friends come back, yeah. that we're there to be able to function at a high capacity. Yeah. Um and a part of it as well is just connecting I mean, again, the relationality is 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 the biggest part of everything that happens here. And a big part of this is connecting with the guys while they're back home. Right. These relationships really continue. They continue. Yeah. And so, absolutely. I mean, part of it is, I mean, these days, like WhatsApp is kind of the thing that, that most of our guys are on. And so we'll connect on WhatsApp and there'll be conversations going back and forth. There'll be pictures and videos sent back and forth throughout the year. And I mean, I think for, for folks who are more adept and have grown in the relationships, they know this. But for some folks who are new and they would ask, I don't know, I don't really comfortable and what I can say as you kind of get to know our, our friends from the Caribbean you just realize you can ask whatever just be a friend and so when you're asking about you know show me a picture of what your house is like and show me what you what, what were you up to you know yesterday or show me a picture like just you kind of go back and forth and you you get to see what's going on at home and the back and forth during the off season is huge it's one of those things that really builds up that um that friendship where you just kind of realize yeah I'm not just in it because you're in my space I'm in this because I'm really actually appreciating who you are and the culture that you come from and the family that you're with. And I would love to hear more about that. And we do that, you know, definitely by social media that helps. Um, it also gets to the point where as our relationships grow, the Caribbean is really not that far. You know, a lot of folks, it's, it's almost March break. Some folks are going to probably be heading out it's to also, some parts. It's also not that cold. It's not that cold. <laughs> it's not a bad place to go to. And the invitation, you'll you'll hear this from the guys, like they're constantly inviting us there. They're constantly inviting us to be in relationship with them and to go and visit them. And we do that. 
And so we, at the moment, our rhythm has kind of been every other year. We get a group together and we go out and we visit our friends and we get a chance to, to tour around and say, hey, and have lunch together and see families and be in the guys' houses and see what their communities are like. And so that's something that we want to emphasize, not just sort of like as a, I guess that can happen, but it's like, yeah, that should be happening. And it's, it's definitely happening with a lot of our folks who are spending increasing times just getting out there and not just on the resort. And I know Jamaica based on, you know, these 200 square feet of space, but I'm, I'm here with, with friends and I know what the, what it's like on the ground and really getting to know it. And that's a realistic opportunity for all of us as well. There are a lot of us listening as members living here during the winter in Niagara thinking, man, I wish I was part of Vineland. I'd like to be part of that anchor cause all of a sudden. It has <laughs> Getting a new, to warmer climate. A new, a new allure to it. Um, but but seriously, Nate, the, the point is that the relationality goes all year long. And in fact, there is a way of connecting with our migrant friends in their own home, in their own culture, in their own habitat that, 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 provides a value and love and care that strengthens everything throughout the year. I hear friends who they'll have a real, uh, really rich connection time on Christmas morning, for example, where they'll call each other or they'll uh, text or WhatsApp together. And uh, it's in that in that friendship that makes a difference. You see these groups of people becoming family to each other, even at moments like Christmas morning, totally. celebrating that together. And it's really, really cool to see. Well, absolutely. I mean, for, for ourselves, like coming from like meaningful years that we had in Southern Africa. So our firstborn Malachi spent his first two years there. I mean, his, his experience was interesting in that he was, he was used to, I mean, he knew, you know, us as mom and dad and, but everybody else he knew was from Botswana. Uh, so a darker skin tone and different culture and different accents than mom and dad had. But that's the, that's who he was most comfortable with. And it was interesting um, just seeing any other folks that he'd be meeting, he would be kind of less comfortable with. My parents, you know, would come over and he would have a little bit of trouble. It would take him a while to get to know them. And, and that was tricky for him. And so just sort of who he was and, and he was shaped by a different culture. And we really appreciated the fact that he got to have that cross-cultural experience Coming back here, it was a little bit different because we're in Niagara and there's not quite as much. But as we plugged in in Vineland, um, we found ourselves in in a context where we were with uh, folks from another culture who were different skin tone, different accents again. And Malachi just absolutely lit up. And for him, being able to connect with the guys has been huge. And you can see his level of comfort immediately running to the guys and getting to know them. And he would just be like, you know, see a mom and dad. He's three, but he would just be leaving us and going to hang out with the guys, which he doesn't generally do with your average white Canadian. Yeah, yeah. And beyond that, one of the things that's significant for us is is we, coming back to Canada, we, were saying, we, we kind of felt the loss of that cross-cultural experience. And we realized, you know, like you, you can be here in Vineland. You can be here in Vineland, Ontario, and have an incre- your family can, be, can grow in a way that you're having that cross-cultural experience in a way that's helping you to learn about another culture, different people group, um, in just completely unexpected ways that, you know, you wouldn't generally expect from this part of the country. And it's, it's totally realistic. Yeah. And this, this walks us into another thing in the year round development of this anchor cause that I know you've wanted to work on this year, um, in the off season, providing some like training and awareness and, uh, support in cross-cultural dynamics. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And so I mentioned, you know, that you, you, like how do you, you get more comfortable with how to deal with, with our friends and, and speak together and just be together in relationship. But definitely it's something where you want to kind of grow in, in cultural sensitivity to just to be at a level where 
where you understand how to relate well. And um, I mean, one of the things that was great that came out of the the Global Leadership Summit this year um, was that we had some some teaching from David Livermore, who was talking about um, what he came up with, and he called, um, calls his cultural quotient, and just realizing like there's different ways that you can you know you can measure intelligence or level of ways that we can measure things that we're adept at. Um, but one of the things that we really need to be savvy with in this day and age, and just I think it's just true across the world, is that it's a it's a shrinking, you know, global culture, and we need to be able to deal with the various facets of culture within that. All that to say, as we're dealing with our friends, as we're, we're making friends with our friends from the Caribbean, we want to be able to be sensitive to kind of where they're coming from. What are the ways that, how do they see the world? What are the ways that they kind of share? What are the things that are, um, that are really great to be able to talk about that they love sharing about? What are the things that, um, that we're comfortable with, but that might make them uncomfortable? And for folks who have I mean, I think all of our folks have a sensitivity to that. And for some of us, it's just sort of, maybe it makes us stand back a little bit further than we'd like. And years can go by and we really haven't engaged because we're uncomfortable with, I mean, in a lot of regards, it's a sensitivity to not wanting to, you know, to be insensitive to somebody. Yeah, I don't want to offend, so I'm not uh, going to get engaged or involved at all. And I think what you're offering in, in trying to provide a little bit of cultural awareness and you know, almost cross-cultural training in the off-season is a great on-ramp in the off-season for someone who otherwise wouldn't feel totally comf- comfortable just diving into an adopt-a-farm system or diving into a social activity where I'm going to show up and I'm, I'm going to be anxious that I might say something awkward or offend something because I haven't been equipped in in the cultural awareness. Now you're offering that in the off season as a preparatory tool. And so hopefully that can that can serve to kind of strengthen people's experience of the anchor cause as well. We'll give it a try for the first time and hopefully it goes well as we as we do that training. Uh, Nate, if someone specifically from Vineland is listening or if someone from another location uh, is keen to be involved in this anchor cause, knowing that our anchor causes are primarily for the locations uh, of the population of Southridge that's part of that location, but uh, people mix and match according to their own comfort and passion and calling and things like that. So uh, if someone wanted to be involved in this anchor cause, what are some of the ways that they could plug in in preparation for another uh, farming season and, and who would they contact? How does, how does all that work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, for those who, who want to be involved, um, just getting in touch with myself. Um, you can get we have a hold. You can find me on the website. You can find me at my emails, nderks at southridgechurch.ca. There's, there's ways to, to just connect with me and then I'll be able to plug you in with, with a farm, with a group of folks who, who've um, who have already been plugging in. There's a lot of ways to be able to get involved. Just You'll be able to find me and then I'll be able to get you connected and we'll just be able to, to do this together, which is a lot of fun. The The second part is for those who it hasn't really crossed your mind or you haven't really known if, if this is for you or not, uh, I would just encourage for, especially for folks in our Vineland community, but but elsewhere as well, that this is something that that is fantastic and is a great opportunity for all of us. And one of the things that we've been, been talking about is, I mean, for, I don't I don't know what your family background is, Jeff, in regards to settling in Canada. Really, my family back, it was the 20s to 40s where everybody was kind of coming over. And my family was, you know, coming over from, from Europe and they're trying to find a better life financially for their family and and socially. Like there, there was a lot of things that needed to change and they came over to Canada. And when they came over, there were local church communities and local folks who helped them to make that happen, who helped them where they were completely, you know, in a different context with with so many strikes against them to, to being able to do well, where there were folks who locally helped them to get settled. And a few generations later, I just, I know that I'm reaping the rewards of that. 
And we just see our guys as doing the same things for their families, where they're taking this massive step, just putting themselves out there to be able to help their families. And for me, it's just, it, it feels personal in that way. It's like, I know that, I, I, that I've benefited from that. And I just think that we should be the kind of folks who say, I, I recognize this as part of my story as well. And I would love to be able to be a part of that to help yeah, my another. family were migrants at one point too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a part of all of us. And so we just want to, so I would encourage, if you haven't thought of it, please also get a hold of me and, and let's, let's talk more about that so we can get you plugged in too. Yeah. Very cool. Um, you know, one of the, one of the reasons that we have these anchor causes, uh, we've used this language over the years many times is, is to enable those of us, uh, at and around Southridge to be able, the way that we say it, to live as missionaries without ever having to get on a plane. And Nate, I'm just, I'm thinking about your story, having been, uh, kind of, official or stereotypical missionary, meaning I got on a plane, I moved to another culture. Talk about the power and the opportunity that exists for all of us, and especially those in Vineland in this way, to live the missionary life and the missionary adventure without having to ever get on a plane or quit your job or, you know, do anything that drastic uh, just by plugging into something like this. You know, I think last year, when we finished our... um year last year we went through our Hope Live series and we were talking a lot about our, our, our relationships internationally through compassion and it's just these fantastic ways to connect in that way and a lot of what we focused on throughout our Hope Live series was just the idea that we're that God is calling us to to reach out beyond ourselves where we are reach out beyond ourselves and that he's not only asking us to give of what we have but he's asking us to to reach out with open hands to receive as well and one of the amazing things that ha- that we have this opportunity with in Vineland in this way is to have that cross-cultural experience right in our own backyard. And you're, we've, we've just found that we have these friends who have just come from just different parts of the world who have so much to offer, who have experienced the world in a different way, who see the world in a different way, who a lot of folks have so much to uh, in regards to who they are in, in their faith. We have guys who are pastors back home who are just really wise in, in their biblical knowledge. We have guys who are new to the faith and they're they're wondering about it, but they're, they're seeing it in different ways as well. And re, like just in terms of their experience of, of life and, and family and everything that they know, there's so much that we have to learn from our friends from the Caribbean who are in our community. And this is just an amazing group of guys who are making sacrifices on a daily basis to provide for their families and for us to be able to, to reach out to them and learn from them about what is it that gives you the strength to be able to do that? Who is it that made you into the person that you are? What are the experiences that you've had back home? What has it been like being in this kind of a context? And all of the kind of things that we can be learning and growing together, it's such a back and forth. And when we talk about that that sort of um, opportunity to journey together in reciprocity and mutuality, right, right here in our own community, I mean, if you look on the map and you see where all the farms are and where the guys are living, like they're right around us. They're right there. And we have this opportunity that's massive and global in scope, but is right in our own backyard. And as you said, you don't have to get on a plane to experience that. Although, you know, it may result in beneficial, like getting on a plane and going to a warm climate at some point. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. So we th- I think that's just a huge part of it. But the, the big point, and I want to capture this, especially for our Vineland location, but for all of us across all of our locations when it comes to engaging in our anchor causes, is the adventure that you get to be a part of. That This isn't just, not that there isn't merit in it, but th- this isn't just an opportunity to give back or to reach out or to invest in someone else. <laughs> as noble and as satisfying and as richly as you can get blessed by doing that. 
you gain immensely. And this is just a party that you guys are part of all year long now. And especially when uh, our seasonal worker friends are in town. Uh, it's, a, it's a super adventure to be a part of. And we don't want people to miss out. Absolutely. You know, you're part of our Vineland location. It's not just about attending and maybe gathering during the week. It's about engaging in this way. Otherwise, you're missing out on what it means to be part of our Vineland location. That's it. Exactly. And we don't, we don't want that. So, uh, Nate, any final encouragements or challenges to our members today? One of the encouragements is, is just that it's amazing that as a community, I mean, there's folks from, from within our community who help to identify that this is that this is a group of friends who are right here for us to reach out to. And so one of the encouragements is, as a group of folks, I think that we can be those people just realizing even now, I mean, we had we had our migrant worker community around us for for years and we're, we're now being taking the opportunity to reach out to them who knows what other opportunities are, are around us in the community that um, that are right under our noses as well who are some other folks maybe that are being overlooked and just sort of knowing that we're a community who is constantly trying to be challenged in that way to say god what are we missing out on who are we missing out on that's right here that you want us to reach out to my encouragement is it's great when you can see you can see the results of where that leads and so just being able to be prayerful in the ways that we approach the 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 community and the, and the people around us is huge and the other part of it is just, yeah, we're, we're just absolutely thriving and enjoying our relationships together out there. And so I would encourage, um, if, if you haven't been a part of it and you want to be a part of it, there's so much space to do that. And there's so much um, room for who you are and what you bring. Who knows what kind of creative um, skills and interests are out there um, with folks who haven't yet plugged in who want to and can kind of help to expand what we're doing with our friends in Vineland as well. And I really look forward to to seeing that and to seeing who God's going to bring up next to be a part of this too. And there's just so much room for growth as well. Amazing, amazing. It's uh, it's it's really awesome to see what God can do through, like you said, just eyes to see and what happens when those eyes to see then becomes action to respond to what what it is that you see and notice. Uh, inspiring and it's cool to to think about where God's going to be growing us in the future. Nate, thanks for being here today and for helping us to camp out a little bit on everything that God's up to in Vineland. We're celebrating you guys there, celebrating this anchor cause season that, again, it's it's in the process of winding up again. And so uh, we're going to be cheering you on for another great, uh, another great seasonal uh, year together with all the guys. Uh, hey, gang, thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, we'll see you next week as we celebrate what God's doing in our St. Catharines location as we continue finding our way together. Take care. <laughs>